Hi, I'm Katie. I am Rayla. And this is All, All Mom, Mom No, no Pros. This is a podcast about real moms, real life, and no professionals, no self-help gurus, no perfection, just real life, real problems, real everything. Mm-hmm. All laid all laid bare. This is episode two. Um expectations versus reality. Yes. And the types of things that we go through in the beginning and the way we expected them to and whether they hold to reality or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. So there's a bunch of them and we have a bunch of points that we will, you know, we're gonna talk about today. And there <laughs> is uh definitely two different perspectives here. Yes. Which I think is always, you know, covering all the bases. Um the only thing we don't have is a boy. True. Um, but in the future, when we have guests, we do have plenty of friends that have boys and can give yes. input. <laughs> yes, and and our guests will be real people too. No, yeah. So I would hope so. Well, I mean, not I mean, opposed to fake ones. I mean, I don't know. Any, I don't know very many fake people. Um, but pretty much just know you. So there's that. Uh, but either way. Um, so starting off with expectations. What kind of expectations did you have about bringing your kids home? Um, well, I will first and foremost say that, excuse my sniffles, there will be many throughout this episode. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Great. Now I brought it up. Now you're going to be like focused on my sniffles. Anyway, um, my like allergies game, are like... really bad, guys. Okay. I apologize. So we if could I do like a game, like we could like guess how many times and then like, you know, at the end of the episode, whoever guesses it right. Like, <laughs> Dang, we can start doing <laughs> giveaways. Ah, that'd be hilarious. Oh, so um, expectations as far as bringing home the kids. Um, I don't know. I think it was um, obviously kind of scary the first time, you know, bringing Kira home. Um, you know, it wasn't the best situation, but I mean, I think we had a nice little comfy apartment to bring her back to, you know, and... Um, I don't know. I think it was really nice just getting things like set up and ready because everything's, you know, like kind of picture perfect, you know, like you have everything in its place and you have all of the diapers stacked in like this little whatever. Yeah, for the one and only time. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. Um, I think I was, I kind of want to say I did feel a little different, but not. Yeah. You know, I mean, I still felt like the same person, just uh, with a little bit more cute responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I think getting, I didn't realize how demanding the the feeding schedule would be. And trying to breastfeed her, you know, was mm-hmm. not easy. Um, it, it was just a lot of trouble latching and stuff. So <clears throat> trying nipple guards and I, God, that's what I had, talked. I know that's what eventually I had to use. And I was, you know, only working out of one side. So, Ooh. uh, it was just left side dominance, you know, my right side was like, okay, well, you're not doing shit with this. So, you know, <laughs> like, let me just go ahead and retreat. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but also because, um, and I do think that me being so young has a lot to do with this. Mm-hmm. It's just that. You know, like your your patience isn't you know quite matured. You know, no. and um, mine wasn't at thirty one, so don't feel bad. I mean, 
but it's just like man i just met you and it's only been like barely an hour <laughs> yeah i i didn't know um so this wasn't necessarily an expectation but it, it, some a reality i didn't know is how often they eat you see i didn't know that so um i didn't know that uh every, like because we were told because she was so small every three hours right i'm sorry what yeah you're right so yeah it was just i i that was something that i really wish i would have known beforehand uh and just just so i could mentally prepare it's not like i was gonna say oh well, that's not gonna happen uh, i was just so i could kind of like mentally prepare myself for because mm-hmm. they you know everybody says oh you're not gonna sleep well i just thought because it's because they're gonna cry and like they don't sleep on a normal schedule i didn't know it was because you have to be up every three hours to feed them and as many people as i know that had kids like that i talked to on a daily basis the fact that nobody ever said that is actually kind of weird i think yeah right like yeah. I mean, like why doesn't why didn't anybody tell me <laughs> right and i also think that one of the reasons especially if you're um not like sold on one or the other if you're like solely breast milk or if yeah. you're solely formula you know like if you're still trying to figure that out mm-hmm. i feel like they eat more because it's like obviously your breast milk is better but i feel like um there's so many like added things to the like the formula it's thicker yeah you know so i mean i feel like it does like you know like fill them up faster and last longer but i mean when you're going in between the two it's like okay well i just breastfed and you know it's been 45 minutes oh she's hungry again let me give her you know like a bottle of formula okay well now it's been an hour and a half you know like she's still hungry you know so it's like it was hard to find you know like uh getting that schedule just kind of yeah. like settled out you know because you have to plan a lot around that yeah see and that's like the a positive about the fact that i didn't breastfeed is that mm-hmm. that the planning was a lot easier yeah because all i had to do was just make sure i had formula a bottle and water and she could eat anywhere yeah without having to you know deviate or you know worry about like having to pump or breastfeed in public or any, i didn't have to i didn't have to worry about any of that yeah and it's not because it's not for the lack of trying she just it just didn't work right and um like we had like the pre-maids mm-hmm. that we would take anywhere like that we would just like hold in the diaper bag just in case for emergencies yeah. and so like that was cool but it was again though i mean and she was i mean she slept eight slept eight slept, that was it mm-hmm. there was nothing really in between for at least a couple of weeks yeah so but yeah i mean i also didn't realize like how much time you actually do have in the beginning when they're brand new yeah i feel like the first like three months well we'll, i mean i don't know i feel like that's kind of safe to say like three months they're still small enough to where like that's literally all that they do Mm -hmm. you know i mean unless they're having extraordinary troubles with you know like health issues or whichever i mean they sleep a lot yeah. And how is it that you know, learning this and knowing this, that we should be taking advantage of those times to rest ourselves? And why do we always get told that? You know, it's just not, yeah. I just don't think it's realistic. It, it's not realistic. So, cause I, that was the same thing. It's like, you know, I was told that basically like nobody ever said, Hey, she's going to eat like every three hours. And because we were on the formula and the height, so she stayed on that kind of schedule. But so I didn't know that, but everybody, but nobody said that all she's going to do is sleep. And that you can actually sleep. Because mm-hmm. I was told, I got basically like, oh, well, get your sleep now while you're pregnant because you're not going to be able to sleep when she's born. So, I mean, I just had this expectation that it was going to be like 
nonstop. I was never going to, I wasn't going to sleep for three months. Right. I mean, and it, granted it was very difficult, but like, you know, I was in three hour increments and everybody's like, well, get your rest then. So like that did make sense, yeah. but okay, well, but I have to eat too mm-hmm. and I have to shower too and I have to go to the bathroom and I have to, you know, wash her clothes that she spit up on 15 times today or wash all the bottles or yeah. watch TV to, t- to shut my mind off for 10 minutes so yeah. I can like stop crying because mm-hmm. I'm tired or whatever it may yeah. be. So like, it's funny how like the things that they tell you are either wrong or just don't necessarily coincide. So your expectations go with these myths, so to speak. Yeah. And then you're like, well, y'all were all fucking wrong. So damn it. Yeah. I mean, and then it just goes to show that everybody, everybody's experience is completely unique, yes. you know? I yeah. mean, just <laughs> my story definitely varies from yours and yeah. which definitely varies from, you know, the people you know and just. Yeah, because I have friends that, like, they, they exclusively breastfed for a long time and, you know, it's, you know, said, oh, it's it's euphoric. Oh, okay. And if that's if that was the experience, that's wonderful. That's about the only person I've ever heard claim that it's euphoric. Um, so, with Sadie, <laughs> <laughs> um... I was pretty adamant about being, you know, successful on breastfeeding mm-hmm. her. Um, and honestly, it wasn't an issue. I was like really, really happy and relieved when I finally, you know, like we were in recovery. They brought her to me and like it was like immediately on the boob, you know, and um, I was expecting like a struggle because that's how it was with Kira. Yeah. And she just like took right to it. And I was like, that was like my first like moment of like relief, you yeah. know, like, okay, this shouldn't be an issue. I should be able to do this. But then that kicks in the whole like, okay, so I'm here in the hospital. I, you know, unless you say so, they will take your baby off to the nursery to try and give you a break to, mm-hmm. to rest and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, I don't want them taking her on the chance that they're going to fucking put a bottle in her mouth. Yeah. You know, like that's not, you know, like I was very adamant about that. And not that I'm like one of those like super crunchy moms that it's like, oh no, like breast, breast, breast is best. And you know, like it's shameful <laughs> if you're using formula. I'm like, no, no. But yeah. I mean, I know that I know what I wanted. Yeah. And it just so happened that it was much easier the second time around. Yeah. I, I was able to breastfeed Sadie for a year. You know, which I was, you know, like a few months in and I was like, oh, wow, like this is still going. Okay, I'm still doing it. Yeah. Awesome. And then I discovered something called lactation cookies. Holy crap. What? Yeah. So um, I can't even remember like how I came across them, but it's this lady and she makes these, um, these lactation bars and it has all kinds of like super yummy stuff. I mean, it's basically, it was basically like a dessert. Okay. And mm. I was like, oh, so this is healthy and it's going to help me create milk. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> I went ham on those things. They were so good. Um, but yeah. Um, one thing I didn't have the first time around was an electric pump. Yeah. And that is literally what saved my life because when I came home, with Sadie and that same day, like I woke up from my first nap and I was over the top full. I mean, yeah. it was painful. I, I had that. I had that in like, so I'm like trying to pump, but nothing's happening and I'm not breastfeeding. I've, cause I had tried 
and just Ryan was basically like, nah, 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 woman. Not for me. Not for me. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and like, I, we did everything. I followed the letter. I mean, I followed the, the advice from the lactation consultants to a T. I let them abuse me in the hospital. I did everything. And, you know, and we found out there was actually a medical reason for it. I just didn't find out until she was three. Yeah. So like, I got the whole like guilt, like I felt like a horrible mother until I realized, okay, so it really wasn't just me. But like I wasn't producing because she wasn't eating, and uh, but so like I was like over the top full, like nothing would ha- I showers and just crying until it just finally just went away because <laughs> like there was nothing and like like well let me like he's like oh I can help I'm like don't touch me <laughs> like I yeah wanna- yeah so and he was great and he felt he felt so bad for me though he was like I don't know what to do I was like I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was not I was definitely had I had no expectation of that like I didn't realize that that was going to be a problem again like I feel that there's so many things that like are not explained to us about what happens after like everybody reads the books on pregnancy and everybody reads the books on like the baby's milestones but nobody says hey mom guess what your body's gonna do after Mm -hmm. and I had I had no idea yeah Cause I was like, well, I'm not even breastfeeding. Well, yeah, that's why they hurt. <laughs> I mean, it made sense. Like as soon as I realized it hurt, I'm like, oh, okay, well that's why. <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. Right. So, but yeah, it, it's so, ooh. but I can't imagine not having the electric pump to even try if like you're doing that. Like when I first put that thing on, like it was a little painful, but then like once it started like coming out, I was just like, oh, it's like deflating a tire, you know, like. <laughs> I saw a woman on a with a like a massively flat tire on the way here, and like I'm just like equating like that's what happened to her tire. Like I'm sorry, I'm a visual thinker, and it comes just with weird stuff sometimes. Sorry guys, um, but it was finally like it was like finally deflating. And yeah, I was like yes. And I think I took a picture of the first bottle that I pumped. I mean, it was like, I don't know, were they six ounce or eight ounce? I think there were six ounce bottles, but I had filled it. God, that is so much. Yeah. That is so I much. I was like, holy shit. I did it. Look at that. Oh my God. Cause like, that I came from me. Yes. I made that. And then, cause like I had bought like the, um, I think the, um, the brand was Medela mm-hmm. or is, was that it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had bought like um like an extra like set of like bottles and containers and everything like that so I can like store the milk in the freezer mm-hmm. and then in the fridge. Which by the way, I didn't know that women do that and like sell to mothers that cannot. Yeah. That's neat. We thought I there was a split second where I thought about it, yeah. <clears throat> but we had her on the high calorie mm-hmm. like top like formula stuff because she was so small because yeah. they Again, they thought that she was small because she wasn't getting enough nutri- nutrients while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything that we were doing literally did not work and was not ever going to work. Yeah. We just didn't know that. Yeah. So, the extra, like, hundreds of dollars that we spent on the, cause the more expensive formula because we had to have the high calorie was literally, like, all for naught. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And I remember... Um, I think the the first, I don't know, I guess mistake that we made with Kira mm-hmm. is, um, so honestly, you know, like you want the best for your child, you know, and when you're shopping for things for them, you know, like that's what you keep in mind. 
we had a formula that we were using and it was just mm-hmm. fine, you yeah. know, but then I found another one that was like, oh, organic, you know, like, okay, well, organic is usually better. It's not that much more expensive, honestly. Yeah. So like, let me just, let me just switch it up. Okay? Yeah. Well, I did not know that you need to like slowly introduce those things and not just like flip it over yeah, flip flop. Um, because it messes with their stomach. And um, that was the first time that Kira had dealt with like constipation and poor little things. I swear when they are just, you know, like a couple months old mm-hmm. and they are having, and trust me, infants have no problems taking a shit. <laughs> like yeah none. okay none. they're known for right a, through they're known for explosive shits yes okay yeah run up the back mm-hmm. shits mm-hmm. okay projectile shits yes okay oh god um but when you see that Oof. they are trying so hard in their little bodies and their little faces yeah okay even ryan at seven i'm still like oh baby and she's just i'm like and she knows constipated and i'm like i was like are you trying to poop and she she can't and i mean and you know we have her on a healthy diet but the poor thing it's just a part of her it's part of her stuff and uh but yeah i mean i remember when she would go through that with a baby um funny like quick side note funny expectation i did not like think about um i never expected to have so many conversations about poop and how important uh, it is. Oh, uh, sure. So, I mean, we would have whenever I was, you know, when I would go to work and he was at home or vice versa or how like we weren't, you know, we would talk to each other. Okay. So what did the poop look like today? Yeah. Like, I mean, full on conversations. People are like, like what? Yeah. That's normal. You need to know because if it's this consistency, if it's this color, it could mean this. I like, it's like a whole like scientific thing. Did you ever get radioactive poop? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my God. The first, I was like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, yeah and then like i mean i didn't know any of this until like we're going to the doctor and they're asking and so like you know we start researching and like we're reading blogs and everything else and i mean in my you know my stepmom she's like oh no absolutely like it's very important because i will i call and say oh she's acting kind of funny she's like well what's her poop look like and so like i learned it as i went but i was just i had no idea how much you talk about poop and how like desensitized you get yeah like even like okay like looking at it and stuff like that i mean you know we all had like the hazmat moment where we had that diaper where you know you're like you're closing your like this and like oh so if jay did that one time i mean he had like he wrapped himself up and he's like going in with like gloves right because like he doesn't do poop very well yeah see i don't do boogers and snot so we compliment each other there because yeah. like I, like she sneezed and a booger got on me and i almost threw up like right then and there but she literally i literally caught her poop in my hand once because she like we were we were doing a diaper change and changing clothes and i know rookie mistake you know the diaper thing like just leaving them without a diaper but i was like eh, she pees she pees i don't care um except she didn't pee she was just starting to poop and i was like no i don't want to get i could have just left it and i just sat there and just let her just poop in my hand and jay was like that's disgusting i'm like well i mean she's literally thrown up down my shirt she has that diarrhea all down me I literally, I mean, I mean, every fluid that she's had has been on me and I've had to sit there until she was done or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that bad. Yeah. And he was like, I would have thrown up. I said, well, that's how I feel about pooping. I've had to deal with that, especially with like the vomit and stuff yeah. like that. You know, it's like, okay, baby, it's fine. Let it out. It's okay. Yeah. I ha- yeah. <laughs> She was doing that and it was going down my shirt, pulling in my sports bra and I just had to let her keep going. And it was, that was mainly just like spit up. 
Yeah. Right. Cause she had really, really bad reflux. Because right. he didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, the kid would spit up like, I swear it had to be like four days worth of meals. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah. And I mean, it was warm and just, <laughs> you had that much fluid. I'm like, I'm like, dude, that's like, I was like, that's like more volume than your body will hold. Um, but yeah, so like I didn't realize now that was like an extenuating circumstance, but I just didn't realize how much, how important the fluids that come out of them are. Oh yeah. And like the smells and everything. Um, it's, even their urine too. Yeah. Well, and we had, we, she had urinary tract infections. Mm-hmm. So there was that too. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's really funny. Like when you're trying to like position like the urinary tract test strip in her diaper to make sure it hits the right way because the, the diaper is so damn absorbent. Yeah. It doesn't work unless she pees on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fun to try to figure out, especially like when you can't. Yeah. So those were fun too. Um, but yeah, like the pee matter, the smell of the pee matters. Like it's, I'm, I mean, you're not like faced in the diaper. Okay. Sometimes but, you don't have to be, but you don't have to be. I, I literally could smell her pooping Yeah. the other day. Yeah. Like I could, I'm like, are you pooping? I could smell it from the other side of the room. Yeah. And she looked at me and she's like, <laughs> yes, my seven year old's still in diapers, by the way, part of her thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> i promise we're not like just like oh no we're just not going to show her it, it it's she's not ready it's a whole thing she's got a disorder it's it's you know i will you will all we, understand at some point we will all get to these matters we will get to these matters i just no prejudgment reason please. Yes. for everything and yeah. you know what if you want to go ahead and judge us then fucking yeah. judge us you know like that really doesn't make our yeah. lives like any different there's there's no prejudgment or there's just you just don't prejudge on that my daughter's got special needs and you know she'll she'll fl- she'll flick you off in friends manner if she has to so there you go um but anyways um so what about okay so whenever i know that like you like your job situation wasn't exactly fluid especially like with kira it's like how did that work like how like, did you do daycare? Did you have, like, did you just say, like, I'm, not, I'm staying home longer, homie? Like, what did, like, how did that work? Um, well, with Kira, I think she was probably, like, maybe, like, four or five months old when we finally moved into a different apartment. Mm-hmm. And it was much nicer and stuff, but um, I was still, you know, stay at home, you know, like, one we didn't have the extra income to be able daycare. to have the, you know, like daycare or whichever, but also I wasn't working. So, I mean, who else would be watching our kid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think about, um, how I transitioned into like going back to work. Um, I think it was honestly just like a matter of hitting up Matt at Tobin's. Yeah. And being like, hey, I think, I think we gonna... all did that. Yeah. Hey, I, I need something. You got something? I'll make room. Yeah. 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 It was great. The the bar that we used to work at was pretty flexible mm-hmm. on things, you know, and they were usually pretty supportive. Uh, depending on management at the time, yes. Yes, absolutely. Oof. Okay. Yeah. That, that'll be for another podcast. That's, a, that's another podcast. That's not <laughs> yeah, another episode. That's, that's not another episode. That's another, a whole another podcast. We could do an entire podcast on those days. Oh yeah. I mean, just the management, the people that came in there Ooh. and before, especially before it switched owners. Oh God. <laughs> I never sorry, had to do. Not sorry to anybody who was listening, who was a part of those days. <laughs> I never had to do the paint party. So. <laughs> 
If you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you know, you and know. trust me, you didn't want to be a part of. Uh, it's not as fun as it sounds. See, I had um, so like I had this whole like idea that you know, it was gonna be all like I'm gonna take her to daycare and I'm gonna go back to work and I'm gonna cry because she's going to daycare, but she's gonna be so well taken care of and blah blah blah. And I mean that was while I was pregnant. And then after she was born, I was like, I'm not taking her to daycare. Right. She's five pounds. Nobody could watch her. Like I'm, you know, doing that whole mom thing. Um, but so luckily though, at the time, it sounds crazy. I was actually on a pay cut, uh, which yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They cut my pay while I was pregnant. Um, <laughs> anyway. So whenever I came back after maternity leave, um, I told them, I'm like, well, if you're keeping my pay cut, it's like, I was working X amount of hours before cause I needed maternity benefits. Yeah. Well, I don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're only paying me enough to work like three days a week. So that's what you're going to get. Yeah. And they basically said, okay. And I said, and I don't make enough money to pay for daycare. Yeah. And they were like, we'll just bring her to work. So we all have our own offices and mine was relatively big at the time because of the, the job that I did then. And, uh, so I had two play pens in my office. I had one of those like small ones and it was like her changing station and mm-hmm. I had it on one side and then I had a normal play pen on the other side where she hung out and then when as she got bigger you know we had a i had a high chair mm-hmm. uh and it, i mean it was it was awesome like they were great about it uh i will say the only problem i did have is like you know like i'd leave her in the playpen she was fine there's plenty of people around and then i'd go to the bathroom and i come back and she'd be gone and there have been plenty of times where i would walk up and down the halls and say all right who's got my kid because people would come snatch her and like hang out with her and it did become a distraction to the point where i was eventually told that you can't bring her to work anymore yeah so, I mean, they brought me back full, t- they brought me back full time and they gave me a little bit more time, but they were like, okay, you're back full time. Like it's a distraction. Like I, they had to tell a few people, look, you, you've got to stay out of Katie's office. Like I get it. There's a baby. It's all cool and all, but she's not here for your entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I'm sitting there like, you know, one arm I've got her. I'm like, like putting, like giving her like baby food or a bottle when she was a baby. I had like a thing on my desk. I'm like trying to work and answer phone calls. I'm, like I'm trying to do it all. And I'm like, okay, somebody's going to suffer here, <laughs> whether it's my kid or my job, but somebody's suffering and it, but it was very hard. Cause it's like, it was just all day, every day. Yeah. And, but it was fun though. But it was like my expectation of how all that was going to pan out. I just, I never thought I was going to have that opportunity. And I was very, very grateful to have that ability to do that. Yeah. Cause I did go back to work after eight weeks and Ryan being super tiny the way she was like, I was like, no, like I can't, right. I'm not ready. Like I was freaking out, panic attacks, whatever. Like she's super tiny mm-hmm. and uh i was like nobody's gonna be able to, like, who's gonna take care of her right. like if you, if you can make your formula happen what if you don't do it right mm-hmm. like what if you're like oh well, now i gotta warm it up no you don't 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 warm it up it's gonna make her throw up every time don't yep. do that like that kind of crap so. yeah um what so with sadie mm-hmm. how was that um that i feel like uh was kind of like easier because um I was already in dentistry at that point. Yeah. So I got into dentistry. uh, Okay. So 2011 um, is when I started going to um, dental assisting school. That's when I started my job. I know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I did my program um, for dental assisting school. me and Kira's dad had already split mm-hmm. and um at the time I 
was still in that apartment. But anyway, um, so I did that whole program. So I was um, going to school and then I was doing the data input for yes. um, mm-hmm. that company. <laughs> and then um, I would go waitress after yes. that, you know, so like for a while I had a pretty full day, but I will say that during those times, um, I did not have Kira full time just because one, um, my parents weren't always available to be there. Um, I think at a certain point I did move back into my parents' house. Mm -hmm. Um, that was helpful, but I also, you know, I didn't have a live-in babysitter like, you know, Kira's dad did, you know, so his sister was there with her kids all the time. So he was able to go to work just fine. And, you know, Kira just being in the, the watchful eyes. This just of, sounds convenient for him, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Everything always just seems to kind of fucking work out for him, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So for a while there, I was the weekend parent, which, uh, I don't know, I guess like kind of makes me feel a little guilty saying it, but I guess like worked for the time that it was because yeah. um, I definitely had to work multiple jobs in order to you know like make things work on my end yeah and then um just having the weekends available to be with her and not have to worry about waitressing or doing anything else you know like that I feel like that kind of just worked out for me at that time um but then whenever I met my ex-husband um where was I going with that (laughs) <laughs> sorry <laughs> you, know, you're talking about, so like, you were the weekend and like so it was a little different with Kira oh, and, yeah, with yeah. and then whenever um like I met my ex-husband and we moved into the house you know like it was a little bit more stable and then we had you know like dual income and stuff like that so it was easier for me to work and for Kira to be watched you, yes uh-huh um so I was already doing dental work and stuff like that so um I think it was just a matter of okay, I'm done doing this at-home thing, you know, because after a while, you do get a little stir-crazy, you know? I mean... Yeah, I was actually stir-crazy after eight weeks. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't want to go back to work, but I didn't want to be at home anymore. Right. Because, like, I mean... Yeah. I just... I I mean, I... Okay, I don't do laundry. Mm -hmm. I, I want to do laundry. I want to be that person that always has laundry done. I'm just not that person. And I was so bored... I did his laundry, which yeah. by the way, we don't do each other's laundry. Like it's, a, it's, he does his, I do mine. We share Ryan's. Well, he does most of Ryan's, but yeah. at one point we shared it. So, um, that's, <laughs> I'm not going to do his laundry. He's a grown ass man and he's not going to do mine. I'm a grown ass woman, but I did his mm-hmm. cause I was bored. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Like and if anybody knows me, they know, holy crap. Even <laughs> he was like, you did my laundry. Yeah. So yeah, start crazy. Uh, and I, I think like, unless you have some sort of like hobby that keeps you busy or, you know, something for you to like work on at home outside of just, you know, like watching children, um, and doing the, the mom thing. Um, yeah, like I, I, I was ready. There's only so many books I could read. There's only so many puzzles I could do. Yeah. So went back to work and, um, I don't know. It just kind of, just kind of worked out. We, we figured out a schedule and we had, um, Sadie, my mom was watching Sadie for a while. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. She would come over and watch her during the day and we would pay her and stuff, you know, so um, 
but that was nice having that help. And then Kira was in school, so she would be gone for the day doing that. Yeah, see, my parents they live on the other side. They live they live on the other side of town. So it like I didn't have anybody close. Right. And then so whenever I had to take when I wasn't allowed to take her to work with me anymore, um, uh, my we found a, somebody through a family friend or family. And it was a family friend, and then she did in-home daycare. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I can, I can get on board with that. Right. Only a couple of kids, you know, at home at the house, like not some corporate, you know, thing, whatever. So we did that for a while, mm-hmm. and she was wonderful, Miss Gwen. Oh my God, she was great. Aww. And uh, but she had to stop doing it because her husband got sick, and so then we had to we put her. I we found a Montessori school, and like we went, we toured it, and like the head person had like a, a child education. Uh, masters from UT mm. and I'm thinking okay well I mean how bad could this be like maybe this will work so given Ryan's situation she was because of her age and not walking mm. hmm, this is where it starts getting fun and why we couldn't do daycares um, they wanted to put her in the baby room but she was too big and too advanced for the baby room but they couldn't put her in a toddler room because she couldn't walk Right. so their solution was half of the day in the baby room half of the day in the toddler room and we were like okay that's not really a solution but they're they can't create a class for kids like her if she's the only one right okay so we're we're aware of that so we try we figured we'd try it because we didn't have a choice mm-hmm. because i did only get a week notice from miss gwen yeah yeah Damn. yeah and she was very sorry about that but so <laughs> we tried that um day one she got a big she had a giant lump on the right side of her head day two it happened again my little girl looked like fucking Hellboy. Yeah. Two, like after he like shaves them off. Yeah. Two gigantic lumps. The first one, they couldn't even tell us what happened. The second one, she was climbing on furniture. And like, so she was climbing on a chair in the toddler room and they weren't watching her and she fell. So I understand they have a lot of kids and I a hundred percent understand that accidents happen, but this is why we had a problem. Mm-hmm. This is why we didn't like it. So what I found out is that you can actually go online and you can find in-home daycares that have been registered with the state and they can give you every incident, everything, all their inspections found at like five of my neighborhood. Nice. And so that's whenever we found uh, Patricia. Mm-hmm. Amazing. She was an elementary school teacher. She had a son that was born with Down syndrome. So she decided to stay home and open up her own in-home daycare. Ryan learned so much there. She already knew sign language. She was helping us with that kind of stuff. And she was fantastic. Aww. And I was, and she's literally, she was on my way to work and she was on my way home in awesome. my neighborhood. And I'm only two miles from my office. So it was no going out of my way. And then of course, whenever he, like he stopped working, mm-hmm. there was no need for her to go to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like you said earlier, like this, you know, is this is your job now. Yeah. And we did, we would take her a couple of days a week and just for the, uh, you know, socialization and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it just got to the point where I'm like, okay, on one income, like, right. Yeah. So, but it, it just like, the daycare sucks. Yeah. I just, I wish there was like a better way. Cause it's just, and they're so expensive now. Yes, absolutely. Um, when we were doing, um, daycare for Kira, we put her in the one that, um, Emerson's roommate, mm-hmm. he had his kids there, but that was because like, their mom's mom mm-hmm. worked there or something like that. I don't know. But we started going there and we got a discount because, like, you know, just, like, family friends. Yeah. You know, so that worked out. Um, 
<clears throat> and it was great for a while. I think Kira really enjoyed it. Um, but then when she started going to school, and then we had Sadie. Um, Sadie, we put in a kinder care. And there were a couple that, like, I had toured and looked at. Mm. And then, I don't know, like, some of them you're just like, yeah, yeah, you can just tell. You know, like, when I walk into your facility and automatically I smell diapers. Yes. No. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You're not taking care. You're not taking care of something. Yeah. See, like, when you walk into my house and even though, I mean, like, you're never going to smell diapers, even, no matter what. Yeah. Because we're on top of that. Not especially, but it's just like, I, I know exactly how you feel. Because I went to a couple of those, I'm like. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, no. Yeah. And I don't want that to be like an associated smell that my children like grow up with like, oh, I smell yes. that. And you know, like, oh, I, I remember all daycare now and <laughs> all the goods and bads and <laughs> like, mm. yeah, because smells will do that. They will transport you other places. See, my daycare was awesome. And, uh, and smells can take me back there and it's definitely not a diaper. I'll tell you right now. Yes. Carrots. Don't ask. I don't know. Um, I don't know why, but uh, but yeah. So, but like the kinder care, uh, I think for the most part was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Sadie obviously loved her teacher, you know, oh, and good. the stuff that um, like she would bring home. I'm like, okay, great, you know, that that looks nice. Um, but then whenever it came to kindergarten, which she started kindergarten 2020, so that was different for all kids starting school. Yeah, that's when Ryan know. started. And, um, you know, we ended up sending her to school. So we were kind of in question on whether or not we were going to keep her at the kinder care and have her do virtual from there. Mm-hmm. Or if we were going to actually just send her to school, we decided to go ahead and send her to school. Yeah. And, um, I feel like not only, you know, like the situation and what it was for 2020 had a big effect on, you know, like how kids learned that year. Yeah. But also, I'm like, now, what the fuck did you learn at this kinder care, like, the whole time you were there? Because, honestly, I am not seeing anything reflected. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like... See that? And I, because of our situation, we were lucky enough that we are we can homeschool. And I don't recommend it for everybody. Uh, obviously, for ours, it does. Because, like, we put her in school. Mm-hmm. And, like, but we put her, like... January of 2020. And so by middle of March, school was canceled. Yeah. And nothing but bad experiences the entire time. And again, special needs, it's a whole other ball game or whatever. Yeah. But it did. Like it did definitely starting school, basically what it taught us, aside from, aside from the pandemic, was that school was not going to work for Ryan. Yeah. Not traditionally uh, anyway. Yeah. Not traditional. And like, cause I would love that, but no. So like that expectation is out the damn window right um so so did she so she did virtual for kindergarten no we ended up you just did the... no we made the decision to go ahead and send her so she stopped going to kinder care mm-hmm. and then she started going to kindergarten okay at public school okay gotcha yeah okay yeah i don't uh i mean not to say that we didn't have our reservations about that oh well yeah i but, can imagine i mean like she was really she was actually really excited the most about riding the bus that was like the biggest thing that she wanted was to ride the bus. Die, there's no way I was going to put Ryan on a bus. But again, it's a, right. diff- it's a different scenario. Yeah. Because I remember like the bus being so awesome when I was a kid. And 
I, well, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know. Uh, whenever we first started, I mean, I could, the school was not far. So, you know, I'd talk to my boss said, Hey, I may be a few minutes late because I got to drop off school. And I'm like, Oh, that's fine. You know, they're mm-hmm. real lenient on that. Yeah. And anytime I had to go pick her up or anything. Um, but so she was in, uh, ECSE, which was called something just the year before that, just because they changed the acronyms every couple of years for every reason. I don't know why. Um, makes them makes you think that they're actually working on the programs. Oh, we're going to change the name. Oh, right. So ECSE is early childhood special education. So it was basically before she actually, you Mm -hmm. know, so she went in, they went in and they tested her and whatever they put her in a class. And we were kind of made promises that like, you know, the teachers know this and the teachers know that. And, you know, we sat down and met the teachers and they're like, okay, yeah. And we gave them a list of like the words that she does, like the signs that she knows and what they look like. And, you know, she sat there, she wrote it all down and everything else. And then we find out, like, so we, t- we finally drop her off and she's for three days in a row, she came home with her lunch. And so we're sending messages through the app that they gave us mm-hmm. and everything else. I'm not really getting any responses. And turns out they, they were sending her to class or to lunch without her lunch every day. And so whenever I found that out, I asked, I was like, okay, so, I mean, I've been asking for three days and I haven't been able to get an answer. So what are, so she's not eating. And they're like, no, well, we're just, you know, we're, we're piecing together food from their kids or stuff that the teachers have brought. I'm like, so, so teachers that don't know her, that are not her teacher are taking her and giving her food. Like, I was like, first of all, I was like, she, she does not chew very well. So almost everything is a choking hazard, which is why we pack her lunch very specifically. And she doesn't have any allergies, but nobody even asked. And I was like, did you, did you not think, okay, well, they, they continue to not pack her lunch. Wouldn't that be a sign that, Hey, maybe we should call the parents. I said, because just like every other kid, her lunchbox is in her backpack. I mean, she's in kindergarten. It's not like she's got textbooks. The backpack is pretty much just holding the lunchbox. <laughs> so, um, so then they finally fixed that and they, um, they, the class was, we were told the class was going to be about 12 kids class was almost 30. Mm-hmm. That's... They had a, a massive amount of enrollment into the ECSE program. We didn't find this out. So like if we're in February and we're, you know, we're, I'm trying to make all the, the teacher gifts and the kids gifts. So I asked for a list to you know, put the names and stuff like that. Well, we can't give you that. I'm like, okay, well, can you tell me how many kids there are? So I make sure I have enough. She gave me that number and I'm like, there are how many? I was kids? like, there's how many kids? And so then I found out that, that because they had it, like they were avoiding trying to tell the parents. So they finally brought in a new teacher. Exactly. So they finally brought in a new teacher and we had another meet the teacher thing because they were going to split the classes. So she, her teacher was, was changing. This woman was, this woman was great. The original teacher was good. She was overwhelmed. So come to find out, like I got asked questions. Um, they're like, okay, well, so she's nonverbal. So can she understand? Well, yeah, she's got hearing, like she can hear you. She just can't talk to you. And we started talking about signs and I heard, and I quote, oh, she can sign. She met with a speech therapist once a week for 45 minutes that knew that she could sign. They were working on her speech program. That's on her, that's on her tablet that we had to pay $300 for. Not the tablet, the program. Right. And yeah, yeah. so that was like, so this, the expectation that we got from school was just one negative thing after another we got calls. We need to come pick her up from the nurse's office because she fell. Uh, we told them stop pulling her because I'm not allowed to carry. So like, I was like, you can't pull her because she doesn't have the balance for that. And the 
the para instructors are in a hurry to get all the kids out whenever at the end of the day. So they're pulling her, they're falling, they're putting her in timeout because there was a, there was another autistic boy in the class that has a personal space issue. And Ryan does too, just the opposite. Like she won't get out of everybody's personal space. We're right. working on it. And they kept telling him, well, you need to work on that. Okay. So are you telling the autistic boy that he needs to work on it? It's not, it's, she's got the same issue, just reverse. So they would, they would take her and they would put her on the other side of the room and not necessarily in a timeout timeout, but keep her away from him. And they're playing with the same toys and stuff like that. But so because she can't talk, she was removed from the scenario. So we're picking her up and she's bawling every day. Like it's just, it's not conducive for her. Yeah. And as much as I would love for her to go to school, that was one expectation that we had to, that I, not necessarily he, but I had a very hard time letting go. Yeah. Because I was like, there's got to be a place. There's got to be a school. There's got to be something. And I, you know, the ones that are fit for her, you can't afford. <laughs> yeah. Like I could sell a kidney and get maybe a year's tuition. <laughs> that's yeah. about it. So that was an expectation that was actually hard to lose. I think when starting um, daycare, I had the expectation like, oh, so I'll just like drop her off on my way to work. Everything will be fine. She'll be excited to go. Right. Um, it took like. I want to say like like four to six months for her to not cry when being dropped off. Oh, that's just... I mean, to the point where like we had to have a conversation, um, you know, like with each other, me and her dad, you know, like, do we want to continue doing this? You know, like, because I mean, it was only the drop off, you mm-hmm. know, that was the issue. Because like once she's there, you know, like, you know, kids start coming in and then she has people to play with and people to talk yeah. to and all that kind of stuff. And you forget about that, you know, and generally when we would pick her up she would be like in a good mood Mm -hmm. you know so i mean but it's so hard when you know they're literally holding on to you for dear life and you have to pry them off of you because you're you have to go to work yeah and luckily see i'm very happy we didn't have that scenario um she would at daycare she would cry because we had to leave daycare Mm-hmm. and whenever we would get there, she would just like kind of take off and like, I mean, and you've seen her, she's not exactly expressive. Right. So I'm like, okay, bye. It should turn around. She's not even like, you know, just nothing. Right. And with school, it got to the point where like she was fighting going inside and this is a kid that's not expressive. Right. And so like at that point, and then like the pandemic happened, it's just like the perfect moment for us. And that sounds bad, but I mean like for her schooling where they canceled school and we were like, okay, and then, like, the longer that time went by, the more we were, like, yeah. Like, they sent us a bunch of stuff. There was really no virtue. She was basically pre-K. Yeah. Because she was going to start kindergarten in the uh, in the fall of 2020. And it was just kind of like, okay, there's no really virtual learning for pre-K. Like, there's not. Like you, I mean, they had it, but it was... It, yeah. This is the color blue. Like, yeah, I mean, it's redundant. just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, she could learn it in cartoons. Um so we got kind of like a regimen going mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, it only takes about, I mean, kindergarten, first grade, that's an hour or two of actual instruction a day when you're doing it at home. Mm-hmm. So, um, we've got all the resources and everything, but yeah, I mean, daycare, we didn't have, and thank God I'm the one that was freaking out every time, even like whenever like Patricia was great, the last one and she was great and I'm still going the way to work and I'm like, but she would send me pictures mm-hmm. and they would do activities and yeah. she would I mean, you know, she'd send me video of her playing or look at the balloon that she got today. And mm-hmm. that was awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, if, if, if she would have been holding on to me, like I would have caved much faster. Like 
a week, I'd probably be like, I don't think I could do this, but I only have one. So I didn't have any like preconception on how to do this. Yeah. But it also just kind of boiled down to like, you know, we didn't really have a choice, you know, like I will say we wouldn't have, we didn't either at the time. Yeah. So it's like, uh, sorry, kiddo, but you know, we have to work. I will say though, she was at a house. Mm-hmm. she was it's, it's like she was going on a play date right this this wasn't it wasn't a building a, or facility she yeah because she seemed very uncomfortable at the montessori school that the building that she was going into but mm-hmm. this like at a home like it felt like more personal i guess yeah. you know I mean, obviously that's not the term she would use yeah. but i think that helps but yeah but i didn't know that 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 you could go online and find all i found all of them in my neighborhood that's cool so i like that yeah I got lucky to come across that. So. What uh, what website was that? Uh, Texas Health and Human Services. Oh, okay. yeah, so, yeah. Because you can go on Texas Health and Human Services and you can look up daycares mm-hmm. and then you can filter it. So you can filter it by like Montessori type schools or like kinder care. You can filter them by in home mm-hmm. daycares and they'll tell you if they've ever had an infraction, how long they've been registered, and because they're registered, they get inspections. Yeah. you know, once a year and everything else, they give you the the phone number and the address. And so I just started picking up calling. Yeah. It was $30 a day. Cool. Yeah. Now she did, uh, if, if she didn't go, she didn't charge us, but if it was very, if it became very consistent, then she was like, well, she's like, we, I can cut you a break, but we're still going to have to pay like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause the Montessori school, we had to pay no matter what. So if we went on vacation, we had to pay for the entire week. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I was like, okay, I know while I understand, mm-hmm. No. So <laughs> that's the nicest way I can phrase it. But she did. Like if we didn't go, she didn't charge us. Mm-hmm. Um, or she would give us like, okay, well, instead of 30, just 15 or something like that. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, and that, that's still 150 a week. Actually, we only did four days because one of his days off was during the week. Mm-hmm. So, but still it's $120 a week yeah. for daycare. And that was the cheap place. That's the inexpensive place. Right. Like there's places that I've heard that are like 700 a week. 600 a week per kid yeah so yeah i'm no mm-hmm. that's like that's like two car payments a week yeah that's we were, a mortgage payment a week we we're paying i think it was like 12 or 1300 <gasps> yeah sorry i gotta breathe on that it, one it was it was it was hard to do but um like i said you know like I, even though it was a stretch, you know, like I was fine making that stretch because like, honestly, you know, I didn't want her to just go anywhere. Well, no, you got so many out there that are not good. Well, like that place that we took her where she had the two bumps. I mean, it took us like three weeks to, or no, it was like two weeks, three weeks, maybe. And I was like, no. And like, cause it was right around Easter and they, they were doing the whole like, okay, well you need to have at least this kind of Easter egg and it needs to have this kind of stuff and you need to bring all that. And I'm like, okay. It's, it's like that's like thirty dollars worth of crap. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, so we did that, and then of course I come in, and the person behind me has got everything they were told not to get, and I'm like, okay, so that's all the dollar store stuff that I'm not allowed to get that she got, and you're just gonna let it like, <laughs> like I mean I'm paying you people because it, it was expensive, but right. yeah. So, um, did you have any expectations that held up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I will say that I did expect there to be tension and struggles between Kira and her sister. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, because in the beginning, um, Kira was seven, Mm -hmm. and we just had Sadie. So, I mean, seven is at that age where they're still kids. Um, They're still, like, into imagination and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, playing games, which was nice. Um, But it's also seven where you're approaching eight, and you're... Mm -hmm. You're getting into more, you know, like bigger kid things, mm-hmm. you know, like not so much, you know, into the imagination play and all of that. So um, in the beginning, uh, it was really nice to have Kira just be the helper. Yeah. Um, and I think it wasn't until like even Sadie got mobile to where she was like walking and stuff that... Um, that's when I think Kiro started getting like fed up with her because yeah. then Sadie was always trying to go into her space and yeah, it was just, yeah. Well, so, at that age, that's when you start identifying your space and you start personalizing or having like a cert, like, like this is my room and I can like, you know, this is where I put my stuff or my yeah. toys. And it's not just like, Hey, the whole house is mine. It's like, no, this is mine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I can, yeah, I can totally see that. And the boundaries, like, between them are just, like, <laughs> it's funny because um, S- Sadie, she is obviously really into anything that Kira is into, mm-hmm. you know, but as they started getting older, you know, I had to tell Kira, you know, like, hey, be careful of, you know, like, the things that you're, you know, like, saying or, like, doing around her because, one, she has no idea what sarcasm is. Yeah. Okay. So, like, when you say something and you're being sarcastic, she is taking it as, like, you're being for real. Yeah. You know, I think, um, uh, I can't, I can't remember, like, in what context it was, but Kira said something like, oh, my God, I just, like, wanted to kill myself. And then, so, Sadie, yeah, Sadie was, like, Sadie got really upset. She was, like, why would you want to do that? Mm -hmm. You know, like, (laughs) And I had to have, like, a sit-down talk with Kira about this. I was like, you know what? Your little sister picks up on everything mm-hmm. that you do and say. So you have to realize that the things that you say, you know, like, she is taking them literally. Okay? Like, she doesn't know what that filter is yet. So, yeah. Um, yeah. There have been I, several times. I was like that with my big brother. Like, where, I, everything that he did, I pick up. So I'd have to, like she would say something and I would just like dead stop and like death stare her and be like, you really just fucking said that? Oh my God. Well, and she's of course at a, like also like at a defiant age too, where it's like, now it's not just my own space. It's my own identity. And so, I mean, teenagers, that's exactly what teenagers are. And I don't envy you. Cause I have, I have no idea what my teenage daughter is going to be like, you know, <sighs> with, Kira, I really don't feel like I I have to worry so much. I mean, because she's honestly like she's a really good kid. I was gonna say. I, I think mean, she's, a great she's kid. not like crazy defiant. She's not super dramatic, you know. I mean, not in a negative way. She actually anyway. seems to like you, which a lot of a lot of teenagers this hate their the, mothers. This is the stage where they start, you know, like hating their parents. Yeah, know? and she doesn't seem to be that way. And I which I was not that way. So like, it kind of well, like, one, I'm not a helicopter mom. Yeah. Okay. Like, for example, she, um, on her biology test, she mm-hmm. got a 72, which is apparently not a passing grade. No. Okay? 74 or higher. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, she was like, I can retest, but the best you can make is a 75. And the next day, um, cause I had to sign like a little, um, waiver thing about it. Mm-hmm. 
And the next day she was like, oh, well, I, I heard it's optional. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys couldn't see her face, but holy crap, that was, that was, that totally fed the moment. I was like, Kira, don't, don't be that person. Don't start those habits. Yeah. Okay. Like just because in your mind, you're thinking that it's not a big deal, that you're only going to make a three point difference, no matter if you got, you know, like all of the questions, right. You are putting that on yourself on that's how you're setting up your thinking to be, Yeah. you know, like. It's not about you um it's it's not about you making the extra points, okay? Like you could retake the test and make the same grade for all I care, but I want you to at least try. Yeah. And yes, even though you can only get a 75 on it, I bet if you retested, you would see that you did much better and you can learn from that. Yeah. You know, like don't have that be your thought process, you know? Yeah. And I was like, and that was on her end of six weeks like major test oh shit you know so i was like no you better go back and at least get a passing grade you mm. know like well it's not gonna affect my overall well yes it fucking does yeah. because this is a major grade you just said so you know it's not a minor grade so that will heavily yeah. impact on what your average if is. i brought home if i brought home 80s sometimes and my dad would lose his shit I'm like, See, it's, but it's, I'm like not... it's just a b and he's like yeah but you can do better than that and that's the thing with Kira is that, you know, okay, so she's taking AP classes. She has been for a couple years now. Mm. And I know that going into high school, I mean, like it's on another level because they're doing junior, senior things. Yes. And I told her, I was like, you know, you know, I'm not a helicopter mom. You know, if you, you know, like make even, you know, like a 77 on something, you know, like, okay, you pass, but I want you to know that I know you're better than that. And yeah. I know you can do better, but I'm not going to punish you or start taking things away because exactly. you're not you're not a straight A student. I don't need yeah. you to be a straight A student. I need you to have straight A thinking. Yeah, see and that that was yeah, my dad wasn't quite that way. <laughs> I mean, a lot of parents are it, not like that. Like, you know, my brother could bring home like a 78 and you know, it's okay, you can just you know, try your best. If you tried your best, then I'm never going to get mad at you if you're trying your best and that's your grade. See and that worked for my brother. But for me, it was always you. I know that's not, that's not your best because I know your best is A's. What? It's not always. It wasn't no. always. Like, I mean, I, I'm great at math. I love math. I just, I got thing with numbers. It just, they make sense. It's clear. And geometry though, geometry was just like something eluded me. And like the proofs, I don't know if you remember that from geometry. Okay. <laughs> okay. The eye roll, clearly no. Um, but so it, anyways, it's just, it's a type of problem in geometry. And I was fine with geometry until I got to proofs. And I just, there was just something that never clicked. It just, it was never explained right from the teacher. It didn't matter. I just, I couldn't learn it. I mean, and I studied and I busted my ass and I'm getting like C's and low B's. And I'm just like, I felt like I was failing. Yeah. And, but I will say this, what I ended up getting I ended up getting an A because, well, because I was scared of my dad. It worked though. Yeah. And I felt very accomplished. I was like, okay, so yeah, the fear is what motivated me because he, I mean, not just fear. I mean, it was a respect thing. I didn't want to disappoint him. And it got me to the point where I had, like you said, straight A thinking. Mm -hmm. The motivation was not always proper, um, but he just, he knew I could do better on that. You know, I get an 89 or and something, and he'd kind of like, come on. If you can get an 89, you can get a 90. Yeah. That was kind of, if you can get a 90, you can get a 91. 
You can get a 91, you can get a 92. You should just be getting hundreds all the time. Just get hundreds all the time. Yeah, well, you know what? I did in calculus. Bam. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah. that, you know, your child is going to have, you know, stronger strengths in some subjects yeah. than others. Math, I, I hated math because I always struggled on it. And then I figured out how like, my brain actually works with math. And like my teacher, were able, like we were able to communicate finally on that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden math was just easy. Yeah. And I just like, I fell in love with it because it's never, there's always an answer. Right. I mean, unless it's undefined another story but it's i mean it's there's always an answer it's black and white it's easy it's there's no interpretation and i mean when two plus two always equals four that's the kind of shit that i like <laughs> it's always seven so, for me it's always seven for you <laughs> it's always seven for me so kara will come to me with a problem and she'll be like all right so what's the answer i'm like seven seven, <laughs> seven yeah. it's always seven so yeah. i i I don't know. I enjoy it. I, it's like a puzzle. I love puzzles and it's like, you've got to figure it out. And I mean, whenever you get into stuff that you have to have like outside formulas, yeah, it's a little different. I'm a little rusty on that. But yeah. anyways, so, but yeah, as far as like holding any expectations, reality, not one, not a fucking one. Not, no, not really. No, I didn't have one. Like, I mean, I, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that I was not expecting a special needs child with a super rare chromosome deletion that nobody knows what it is. So like we've had to relearn normal. Mm -hmm. So all of my expectations of what either I thought life was going to be like, or, you know, the things that I was going to enjoy with my daughter. Um, like I thought I was, I mean, I thought I was like, Oh my God, she's going to be, she's going to be a girl. There's going to be pink stuff everywhere. And I don't know how to braid hair and I don't know how to do this. And like, I can't be girly. My daughter loves dinosaurs. Yeah. It don't always turn it was out like that. It's yeah. awesome. I love it. Yeah. Because like, you know, we talk about Parasaurolophuses and we talk about Stegosauruses and Pteranodons and Mosasaurus and all that kind of stuff. And I know what they are. Like we have conversations about sauropods and theropods. And I remember that stuff from when I was a kid and obsessed with dinosaurs and science class. So I'm like, oh, thank God. Because like, <laughs> I don't know how many conversations I can have about Barbies. Right. Um, and we do play Barbies. Yeah. But so, I mean, that was an expectation that I was happy, very, very happy to be wrong about. Yeah. With Kira, um, I mean, I kind of want to say she was pretty girly. Um, and, and then we went through some questionable phases, which, you know, like we will touch on that on a, definitely a different episode. Um, but yeah, I think she is finally finding more of like who she is and, mm -hmm. you know, like a, like a fashion sense, you know, yeah. Sadie literally pink and dresses and princess and everything girly you can think of like she is all about it and not to say that there's like anything wrong with that i don't have a problem with that i remember growing up and not necessarily being girly but i liked girly things yeah you know like i would dress like i had a pair of overalls and like a flannel shirt that i used to wear like all the fucking time i just oh thought God. it was like the bomb outfit right oh, I so it's kind of like <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. um but it's like even though i would wear things like that mm -hmm. you know like I was still like, I, I still loved playing dress up in dresses and I liked yeah. the whole tea party thing. And, you know, like I like all the girly things. Yeah, I didn't, but I was also, it was just me, my dad, and my brother. So yeah. I was like, Oh, you know, they like cars. Okay. I gotta like cars. They like right. sports. I gotta like sports. Cause I mean, uh, that was the only way to hang out, be part of the boys club is right. to like the boy things. It just, of course was, you didn't want to be excluded, yeah. but it always, it, but it stuck. And so that was the thing. Like, I mean, Ryan's childhood is obviously going to be very different than mine. Mm -hmm. At least that was the hope yeah. that it was going to be different than mine. Um, 
because, you know, I did have that weird feeling until she hit 13 months. Once she passed 13 months, I was like, okay, we hit a milestone. I'm, I didn't die. And I know that sounds really morbid, but it was actually something that I celebrated. Whenever I turned 29, I celebrated because I made it further than my mom did. Yeah. And I, again, I know that sounds morbid, but it was, it, it, it wasn't as bad as it sounds. Um, but so I knew that hers was going to be different, but like, I, she's not, she's not influenced by other kids. Like Mm -hmm. even when she's around other children, like she's not influenced by what they like and what they do. She will, I mean, she will involve herself with it, but like. She marches to her own drum. A thousand percent. Yeah. That kid is uh, unique and does, does not care. She does not notice if she does things different. And thankfully, because it's been pointed out by other children and by parents. And again, I mean, it's okay though. That's, she's going to encounter that. And I am a little tough on her because she, she's going to need thick skin. Yeah. She's going to struggle her entire life with this kind of stuff. One of the great things, but also not so uh, great things about children is their brute honesty. Yeah. And how in every other aspect that does not necessarily involve themselves directly, they're very honest about. So if it's about other people, they Mm -hmm. are so quick to point that out and say something but I mean, if it's something about themselves, especially if they're trying to get out of something, oh yeah, lies all day long. Yes. But um, so we, um, she has a neighborhood friend that is the same age, or actually, she's a little bit older. She's a year older, but they're in the same grade because she got held back. Mm-hmm. So, but that is how like she was introducing her friend to new people. Is that yeah? So like we're the same age, but. Or no, she's a little bit older, but you know, we're in the same grade because they, they held her back and she had to stay again. You know, like, damn, Sadie, that didn't that wasn't necessary. You didn't need that. Yeah, that's a that's a you know, like hey, this is my um friend from school. She also lives in the neighborhood we played together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that would have been fine. Well, and that's and that's how kids are. Like, you know, when we had her in daycare and I went to pick her up one day and I, I was like, Okay, I was like I was like, Hey Ryan and some little girl was like that's a boy's name. And the fact is, is that I, I was very well aware that this was going to happen when we named her. Okay. I, she's not the only girl on the planet with a boy's name is really not that uncommon anymore. So I, but, and I didn't, it didn't bother me that the little kid said it. She's a little kid. It happens. What bothered me was a parent was standing right next to her and said nothing. Yeah. Because if she would have said, I thought Ryan was a boy's name. Like said it that way. She said it with a snub nose and the the eyes and the head tilt and the whole thing with the attitude. And so I looked at her mother and her mother said nothing. None of the other adults in the room said a word. And I I know that I'm not trying to be super sensitive about it. So I just looked at her and I said, well, actually I said, Ryan could be a girl's name too. Hence my daughter, her name is Ryan. And then all the parents kind of looked at me and I'm just like, I was like, what? Like, seriously, like what? Like, why am I saying this to your kid? Because the fact is, is that if Ryan could talk and Ryan were to say something like that, that plants things in your head. That's where it starts. That's the beginning of killing confidence yeah. or second guessing yourself or, oh, yeah. you know, all the, and not necessarily bullying because kids are always going to say stuff like that because they're kids. Yeah. They don't have the ability to know any different. But again, it was just kind of like, you know, my stepmom, she was like, well, you're being a little sensitive. Am I though? Like, am I? Mm-hmm. Because it's not... I mean, Ryan didn't even know that kid was talking to her. Right. Where Ryan was like, 
hey, mom's here. I'm going home now. Like she could, she could give a, she couldn't give a shit less yeah. seriously, but it's not kind of the point. Yeah. That's if my daughter were to walk around and say shit like that to somebody, I just, I would, if she was like I was when I was a kid, my dad would have just on the back of the head, not hard, just enough to get my attention mm-hmm. and say, you don't, we don't say shit like that to people. Yeah. Be nice to people. You treat people the way you want to be treated. Golden rule. Right. So if you want to be a little shit, everybody's gonna be a little shit to you. And so that I guess is kind of, I'm, I don't know. I was raised different. My dad's older than all of my parents, mm-hmm. parents or all of my friends, parents, excuse me. And so I have, you know, a, a different idea, I guess on things. Sure. I'm a little more old school, I guess. Yeah. So like, I'm not a, I'm not a gen X, but I was hundred percent raised like one. Mm-hmm. I was a latchkey kid, the true definition. Yeah. My brother is a, a Gen X. I was raised the exact same way. And so like, we're like, oh, millennial. I'm like, no. We should do a whole episode on um, our childhoods. My childhood was fun. Like, there I was mean, some fucked up stuff. But I mean, it was, everybody's got it. Yeah. Like, mine's no different than anybody else. But I had a great childhood. I had a great childhood. Even with all the tragedy and the fighting and the bad stuff. Like, I remember all of that stuff. But I remember all the good. So, but either way, so I just, expectations versus reality for me are, unfortunately, expectations are no longer obtainable. Like there's just nothing, I I can't do that anymore. I think just like thinking about the things that we talked about, a lot of the expectations were expectations that we, um, not that we had, but that we necessarily didn't have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're hundred percent right. It's, it's actually... I never, I didn't actually quite put that together yet, but yeah. It, it's now that I'm thinking about it and like how, how we're talking about it, I mean, like maybe a couple of things, you know, like yeah, we were expecting things. to be a certain way and it mm-hmm. didn't, but I think a lot of it was, you know, like, oh, well we sure shit weren't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, and you know, and I know that's normal, like, especially when you're like the first time around, right? Like there's obviously, you don't know what to expect, but I mean, there were things that it's like, how the hell would I know even like what? Yeah. Like that's, that's what we need to do. Yeah. We need to write a book. Ooh. We need to write a book about the actual shit you should expect. Learning about poop. Learn. Learn, learn, learn. Consistency, everything, and you're going to talk about it all the time. Like, that's the, that's the book I should have read. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but either way, so um, I hope you guys enjoyed. And if you want to share some of uh, what your expectations versus your actual reality. Oh, yeah. Um, we would love to hear from you. Definitely any juicy stories too. Yes. And if you ever want to, maybe we can do like a listener episode where we can read your stories if you allow. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and then of course we are open to any and all feedback. If absolutely. you want to um, give us some uh, topic suggestions that you want us to talk about or to hit on, um, please shoot us an email, allmom.nopros at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and we're going to be working on social media soon and getting that up so that way you guys can, you know, chime in there to follow us there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll be doing a, a Facebook and an Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, maybe thinking about Twitter. Um, and we are also thinking about um, video recording our sessions and uploading these to YouTube. So yeah, like a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, so Give us your thoughts about that. Um, let us know if you like this episode. And um, that's it for now. Yeah. Thank Bye. You. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>